Good morning, evening, or afternoon, sports fans. Today is February 18th. Uh, is it Tuesday? And welcome to From Bob's Sports Office. Sports desk. We're in our office. <laughs> That's redundant. You're right. Okay, so we haven't done a sports one in a while, and so we're not going to go back and cover everything we missed. We're still going to keep it relatively recent. Um, we went to... An XFL game over the weekend. Jake has something to say about the Kings. The NBA All-Star game happened over the weekend. And the Daytona 500 happened. And we have thoughts about all of them in varied levels of, I don't know, depth. So you want to talk about our XFL experience? Oh, yeah, sure. So the XFL is is fun. Um they're, it's like a more professional college game, it feels like. And it just flows nicely. I like I like the kickoff a lot. Um, I wish the Wildcats were a little better. <laughs> but, I mean, we actually aren't terrible, but we're just not winning yet. But it's also the second week. <laughs> um, we watched some really good plays happen. We watched some... Both sides of the ball played pretty well, in my opinion. It was a lot of fun to watch. A lot of turnovers, which is exciting, including one guy named Will Smith who got it, and then he threw it up in the stands. But it didn't make the stands, but he still got penalized as if he threw it in the stands, and it was really funny. So Will Smith plays linebacker for the Wildcats, and he found himself in the right spot to make an interception. So when he intercepted the ball, he went crazy and threw the ball. And, then and his shoe, I think. Well, his shoe came off during the run back, oh, okay. and he ripped his helmet off. And taking your helmet off and throwing the ball are both their own separate penalties. But it was very exciting in the moment. He was excited. We were excited. It was a lot of fun. We ended up losing that game, but we we were like on the verge of almost coming back and winning it, but we didn't. It was really exciting. Yeah. So, so the game started off very slow. There was no score for the entire first quarter. And even through most of the second quarter, uh, the first points were the Wildcats kicking a field goal with like three minutes left in the half. And then the Dallas Renegades drove back down the field and they kicked their own field goal. So it was 3-3 three to three at halftime. And then it was 3-3 three to three all the way through the third quarter until there was one minute left and Dallas made another field goal. So it was 6-3. And then the final score was 25 to 18, so six three through three quarters, and then 19 to 15 in the fourth quarter, and it was very entertaining because LA scored a touchdown, and so we took the lead, and that even came with, or no, I guess that was early enough. Good lord, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Grab it. My like stuff. arm like spazzed, <laughs> and I went like that, and it it hit. Oh my. Um. So the Wildcats. Two players of note. Their quarterback is Josh Johnson, and he was not a significant NFL quarterback, but he did play with Tampa Bay for a couple years, and during those couple years he was fairly productive. So he is a known name after his first couple years with Tampa Bay. He then played on eight more teams, um, not necessarily getting into games, but at least signing and Only the, Redskins. the squad or whatever. So there is talent and some experience there, and he looked 
good enough. Um, he had some great throws and he had some bad throws and, and he, he looked a pick though, which was pretty good. He looked like a below average NFL quarterback. <laughs> he um, looked like Andy Dalton, is what you just said. No, Andy Dalton. I would take Andy Dalton over Josh Johnson 100 percent of the time. <laughs> I would take Andy Dalton over a lot of people. Um, so to have him on the field, that was huge because he didn't play week one when the Wildcats lost by 20. So having him was great. And then they have a receiver named Nelson Spruce who was on the Rams for a little bit. Um, and so he went out there and he ended up having two receiving touchdowns during the game. So that was pretty awesome. Um, he now leads the league in yards. Yeah. So, so having both of those guys is really cool. And, yeah, so Spruce scored to start the fourth quarter, and then Dallas scored a touchdown with a one-point extra point and another touchdown um, with no extra point. Yeah. Um, so Dallas went up 19-9, to and at that point it looked like the game was over because that happened with five minutes left, and L.A., did not look good on offense most of the game. But then Spruce scored a 44-yard touchdown, so it was like, oh, that was exciting, and it happened very quickly. Um, and then we scored a three-point conversion on that. Which is so much fun. Yeah. So if you don't know, in the XFL, instead of doing just a extra point kick, um, in the XFL you can go for one, you can go for two, or you can go for three. To go for one, you just run a play from scrimmage from the two-yard line. To go for two, uh, you run a play from scrimmage from the five-yard line. And to go for three points, you run it from the 10-yard line. So that's a really cool, exciting addition into the game because there becomes a lot more strategy involved into how many points you need to get. And so that is really fun, and the NFL should adopt that ASAP because (laughs) that is exciting stuff. So... So the Wildcats score this touchdown, kick or make the three-point attempt, so they're down by one with four and a half minutes left, and then Dallas ends up working the clock and scoring another touchdown to go up by seven again with a minute left, and then L.A. tried to drive the ball, and then it didn't work out. So it ended up what was a fairly boring game for most of the start because it was so low scoring and terrible offense turned into a really exciting game at the end. And for us as viewers, so we our tickets were in the like back left corner of the end zone. So it wasn't super great. And in Dignity Health Sports Park, <laughs> formerly StubHub, formerly I, Home Depot. You started saying that and I didn't even realize what you were trying to say. I'm like, what? Uh, you, based on that time of day, it was noon. So the sun is like right above us. We were getting all kinds of sun. It was very bright and hot so we split up uh cody kyle and devin went to the i'm going to call it the east side because i don't remember so we'll say well no yeah the east side because the sun was facing that direction later um went to the east side of the stadium and sat in the shade over there we sat on the west side that was 100 percent guaranteed shade the entire game because the sun was going down behind us um, and then after halftime, they came back over and joined us. So we ended up, instead of having that long view from the end zone 
we ended up at like midfield and had a fairly nice view from 20 rows up and it was great. Um, the other thing that made it super exciting at the end is we had some well-known people that ended up behind us. Um, the first person we recognized was Donald Penn, who was literally like we were the top row before the luxury suites. So these people are sitting in the luxury seats literally right behind our head. So the first guy is Donald Penn, and he was an offensive lineman for the Raiders for a little while. I think he still is. He might still be, yeah. He, I don't know if he retired. I don't know, but that's like a known name, commodity. We're like, dang, that's cool. So he's sitting behind us. And then I look up again and recognize somebody, and it's Marcellus Wiley, who is probably more well-known now than he was while he played, but he was a defensive lineman for the Chargers a few years ago. And now he is a sports personality in the L.A. area. He's got a radio show, and he's on TV relatively often. So he's just an awesome, very positive energy dude. And so having him back there, I'm assuming with his family, was really cool because you could, like, hear them talking about football and getting excited. And, like, he was genuinely rooting for the Wildcats and wanted stuff to happen. So that was pretty funny. But then at one point we looked to our left – and at, like, the the entrance to come down into the seats is Shane McMahon, who is the son of Vince McMahon, who is the owner of the WWE and the XFL. So, oh, so it is Vince who owns this. It was, I thought that Sean owned. Shane. Shane. No. Sorry, Mr. Shane. Um, so that was... Looked to our left, and there he is. And then he, like, walked away, and then he... He, like, walked around our section and then came out on the other side of our section. And the dudes in front of us got super excited about it. They went up and were taking selfies with him. But it was at the end of the game when the Wildcats were trying to drive. And so Shane's Shane was being super nice. Like, I am impressed with him because he was shaking hands and taking photos and still watching the game. Yeah. There were a couple times when he had to tell the guys, like, okay, hold on after this play. So we could watch the play. So I'm I'm very impressed with Shane McMahon being willing to be down there and interact with people and, and be positive. And so that was really cool for us to be in that spot and have those guys around us. So that was a cool. Even though the team we were rooting for lost. It was still fun. It was a fun experience. You forgot to mention uh, that Sean Oakman, Oakman also plays them. Oh, yeah. Great player. Uh, played for Baylor for a while. And got in trouble with some law and sat out for like five years to only be wrongly accused. And so now he's back, hopefully getting somewhere big. He is a ginormous person. So look up Sean Oakman, Baylor, and there are memes all over the place because he... (laughs) He's that one guy. If (laughs) Shredder were a massive, scary black man... That's what it would look like, like Shredder <laughs> from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Because the way his helmet, his face mask looked, he and it's crazy. His like his jersey is rolled up a little bit, so he's got like twelve abs just popping out <laughs> at you. His, he's very intimidating. He's just a huge, huge individual, and so we were very excited to see him line I, up on the defensive line. I was very excited to learn that he was on our team, and, and I'm just like, this is gonna be the best. And the first time in the game that we paid attention to it, because we knew, but we hadn't really thought about it. And then we were like, oh, Sean Oakman, we gotta look out for him. He's number 77. We see him on the field, and the first play that we realize he's on the field and pay attention, 
he absolutely destroys <laughs> the offensive lineman. Like just picks him up, just throws bull, him. <laughs> bull rush just plows right through him and doesn't quite get to the sack, but other craziness had happened. And so it was like, oh, we need to pay attention <laughs> to him more the rest of the game. So we watched out for him the rest of the game. Every time he came in, we were watching, and he played pretty well. He looks like he could at least be something in the NFL. So hopefully a couple of these guys get a shot in the big leagues. I thought there were a lot of pretty decent defensive linemen on L.A., which I'm like, they're actually pretty decent. Yeah, so the XFL is fun, so y'all should uh, tune in. The team that I care about, the St. Louis Battle Hawks, we won our first game. And then we lost this week by four to Houston, so that's a bummer. Um, but LA's 0 2. We're 1 1. It happens. Tampa Bay's 0 2. I think DC's 2 0. Seattle's 1 1. One of my uh, favorite moments from it was uh, they went to a guy and they called him a super fan. And I'm like, the league's been around for two weeks. What do you yeah, mean, super fan? I'm a super fan too. I've watched the first game. <laughs> so we endorse the XFL. We do. Claws up. I can't say that because I'm actually a Wildcats fan, but but like it's so cool. I know it's like it little, like, they have hand motion. They put both hands up, crossing. They really claws. should be sponsored by White Claw, though. I think it'd be so funny. It would be. All right, shifting sports. Jake's got something to say about the Kings, so this will be news to me. So I'm officially done watching hockey for at least this season. Um, the Kings have thrown away arguably one of our best players, Tyler Toffoli, for two guys who have potential, but they're not at the level of Tyler Toffoli and two draft picks. Um, we threw him away pretty much. We, I mean, we got a lot for him, which is nice, but it's also like that was by far my favorite player. So it sucks. And then also like, like two days before he became the first player to ever, have a hat trick in the outdoor, like the outdoor games. Oh. So he's the first one ever to do that. So he's like a two-time Stanley Cup champion. He's like he's up in our scoring. I don't know if he's not leading, but he's one of the leaders. Um, so it just kind of hurts. So hockey's canceled. <laughs> um, I wish him luck. I'm now a Canucks fan apparently. Um, because also Tanner Pearson's also up there too, which is another one of my favorite players. The Kings are just slowly throwing away my happiness, so I'm no longer I'm not not gonna say I'm no longer a fan. But right now it's really hard and I'm not gonna be watching as much right now. Both Plus our, our season is terrible. So it's like why why would you just give up our best player? Both of our teams are absolutely trash. It's just so aggravating. Our division has three of the like six worst teams in the entire league and the Kings, the Ducks and the Sharks. Our goal differential is like minus forty or Which something for both of them. Is so funny because like so bad. Those three used to be like some of the top teams. Yeah. Like very recently, like within like three years, like we were all top teams, and now it's just like, every, look, we're trash. Every year is different. It's very aggravating. I. Yeah. So I'm no longer following hockey for the year. Maybe the maybe actually I'll watch during the playoffs because that'd be fun. Playoff hockey's fun, but playoff hockey is insanely awesome. But just Kings are canceled for me. It's very sad. I'm very upset. I tweeted at them, be like, "You are a starry excuse for a team for getting rid of this player who's wow. done so much for our team." Freaking we also just lost a great dog because every year they do a bracket during March and they do like a dog bra- 
like a dog bracket. So they take pictures of their like new puppies or something like that, and they do like a bracket for it. And like his ridiculous. is one almost every single year. So he lost a dog too. So it's pretty sad. Oh boy, I, I'm pretty pretty shook up about this. <laughs> well, shifting gears again to basketball. This weekend was the NBA All Star Weekend. Which includes Friday night the celebrity game, which I did not watch. You're supposed to follow. I definitely did not. The um, shooting stars game between first and second year players, which I did not watch. Did I watched a little bit? I found it really funny that Luca can play in both. <laughs> and Luca could still play in yeah, the multiple stars. guys. I know it's just funny. Yeah, that he, he did that. And then, so that was Friday, so I didn't watch or care about either of those things because the celebrity game has turned into, like, D-list celebrities, except for, like, Quavo and Common. I was going to say, like, who? About it. I didn't even know who played. Darius um, Miles played, and he weighs a lot now. I don't know who that is. Yeah, he was a, Spice Adams played. Oh, yeah. That's um, and then a gymnast I knew played. I don't know her personally, but, like, I know her from the yeah. internet. So it wasn't super a draw for me, so I did not... One thing I do like about it, though, is that their bench is now just little sofas, and it's really funny. Um, so those two things happened Friday. Saturday night was All-Star Saturday night, so it's the skills competition. Who the won other thing. I don't know. I didn't watch the skills. I, okay, so full disclosure again, I didn't watch anything Saturday night, except I got home just in time for the last two dunks to watch them live because Cody was watching it. And I had the intention of going back and watching the whole thing, because I usually do. But I didn't do that Saturday. So I watched the last dunk that Aaron Gordon did, in which he jumps over 7 foot 6 inch taco fall. And because Taco's holding the ball behind his head, it's like on his neck. So Gordon jumps, and he uses, he puts both hands on top of the ball, and he uses that to like push up so he can get over. But it's still an insane feat to jump high enough to be able to clear Tago. So then he grabs the ball and dunks it and lands. And it was insane. It was an insane dunk. Um, Derek Jones had a, like, windmill. But that was from, like, 13 from feet out. Line. That was insane. Yeah. So he. it was also <laughs> an insane dunk. And the judges had been scoring everything 50s up to that point. So there were, like, four dunks in a row by both guys that were all given 50s. And then they decided Derek Jones's was a 48, and then Aaron Gordon's was a 47. So everyone, I think I know why it's a 47. They said it was a miscommunication. They were trying to give them the same score, uh, and the wrong number of people put up the wrong number of numbers. Oh, so they screwed up. I thought it was because if you like look at it closely, he kind of hits Taco Fall's head a little bit. There's no. He so I'm like, hot, no, no, because you hit him. <laughs> it's not so, over. So literally everyone in the crowd gets mad and they start booing the judges. Every one of the players is shocked. Aaron Gordon's mad. Derek Jones is just like, uh, get me out of here. <laughs> like I had fun. This is great. Uh, I want to leave. Um, so there was a lot of flack going around and Aaron Gordon afterwards was like, this is the second time. It's legitimately the second time that he's been robbed of a slam dunk championship. Not that that's any super important thing, but Still, so it's like a big fan event, and now possibly the best dunker in the league, at least one of them, has decided he is no longer going to compete anymore because of it, because it's frustrating to clearly be the best and to not get recognized as it. So 
that hurts the game a bit. It already hurts the game that the stars don't actually do it because there, there were only four competitors, and it was Aaron Gordon from the Magic, and no one cares about anything he does because he's on the Magic, and all he does is dunk. Derek Jones Jr. from the Miami Heat. That's kind of relevant. No, nobody knows who he is. He's not like a – again, all he does is dunk. And then Pat Connaughton from Milwaukee. No who idea who that is. Nobody knew who that was. Um, I he went. I'm pretty sure he went to Notre Dame, and so like I watched him play. I want to say it's Notre Dame. It's at least a Midwest school. I remember watching him play in college, maybe West Virginia. I don't remember. Um, but I remembered who he was from playing in college, from watching the tournament. So like I knew who he was, but I didn't know he had hops, and he came out dressed in a white man can't jump outfit. So oh, it was him. That was that. funny. Um, he's on Milwaukee, and so he didn't make it past the whatever first round because obviously Jones and Gordon were in the finals and then Dwight Howard also and I didn't see a single dunk that Howard or Connaughton did I thought that Dwight Howard's dunk was uh, underrated it was pretty good because he like he did like a 360 but he stopped at one point facing the other way and then came back like so it was like a like a 180 froze second like and then went back for well, it. Like, it was really good. Aaron Gordon's dunk was the best one of the night off the side of the backboard, yeah. like down catching it at his waist, doing this full. It was crazy. Um, so, yeah, that was that. Um, Apparently, the three point contest was really entertaining. But he healed one, like at the buzzer by one. I don't know. I think. Uh, I don't Bam Abayo. Abayo. There we go. He won the the skills challenge. Uh, at first, I. I wrote or see how it it says 2020 Taco Bell Skills Challenge. I didn't know it was by Taco Bell, so I thought Taco Bell was a player and That's he right. won. Because isn't there a Bell? There's a Jordan Bell. No, no, there's another one that has like a weird name. Nope. But I know Taco Charlton, so I was like. There's a Raja Bell. Ah, there's someone else. I mean, there might be. Um, so that was Saturday night. So it was entertaining and disappointing. And then Sunday was the All Star Game itself. And we watched that basically from the start live because I was intrigued by the format. Normally, it's just a game, a normal game. They Whoever scores the most at the end wins and go. And the score usually gets up into like the 160s, 170s because everyone's playing offense and everything's either a dunk slash alley-oop or a three-pointer. So points get scored in a hurry. And nobody's actually trying to play defense. But, <clears throat> yeah, and then, you know, Winning team wins. But this year they set it up so that each quarter was its own game, technically. So Team LeBron won the first quarter by, like, 12. And then Team Giannis won the second quarter by 20. And then the both teams tied in the third quarter. And the reason that was important is because each team was representing a charity in the Chicago area. And whichever team won the quarter, their charity got money. So Team LeBron's charity, they got 100000 for winning the first quarter. Giannis's charity got 100000 for winning the second quarter. When they tied in the third quarter, Cody and I are watching. We were like, they should just split it. <laughs> like, why, why wouldn't they? But instead, they had it carry over to the fourth quarter. Um, and the fourth that. quarter itself was worth 200000 So because the tie carried over, now the fourth quarter is worth 300000 Oh. So th- they should have split it so that it would have been 150, 150, and then 200 going one way or the other. Um, so once they did that, 
they still so even though teams were winning the individual um, quarters, it was still a running score. So what they did is after the three quarters, um, they took their total scores and had they added 24 to the higher total, and now the game would be to that. So after three quarters, um, the score was 120. Nope, because they added 24. 133 to one. Doesn't it say right there. No, it says how many they scored. Uh, Team LeBron had 124 points, <clears throat> and Team Giannis had 133 points. So it was 133 to 124. And so now the game is being played to a new point total of 157. So since Team Giannis had 133 points, they added 24 to that, and now the game is to 157, no clock. It's just whoever gets to that score first wins. There was still a shot clock to make sure that offenses were moving, but that wasn't really an issue. Well, the teams decided that this was now really important. So where the whole first three quarters, we were counting because Jake did an over-under of 20 dunks for the game. <laughs> yep, like it went he, thought, very fast. he thought there would be 20 dunks in the game. There were 22 dunks in the first <laughs> quarter. Yep. So through the first three quarters, there was a total of 49 dunks. <laughs> there was one dunk in the fourth quarter. Like, both teams decided that this was now super important, that they wanted, they really wanted their charity to get the money, and it became an intense competitive game between the best players in the world. It was awesome. It was amazing. It was the most entertaining basketball I have seen all year when you got all of the best players going. The only funny thing is Team LeBron's starting lineup was LeBron, Anthony Davis, James Harden, um, Luca, and... Anthony Davis. I already said that. Um, Nick Young. Nope, not Nick Young. Uh, Trey Young. <laughs> it was Trey Young. I think so. Was Trey on his team? Because Trey started for. But what, he his wasn't team. in the game at the end either. No, neither was Luca. I know. Well, the, so that was the point. So that Chris Paul was playing at the end for Luca because Chris Paul caught fire. Oh, Kawhi. Duh. So it was oh, Le- yeah, duh. LeBron, Harden, Kawhi, Anthony Davis, and Chris Paul played the entire fourth quarter because Kawhi had eight. Kawhi had seven threes in the first quarter. Kawhi went or in the off. first half. But then Chris Paul had six or seven total for the game, too. So both of them were scoring like crazy. So they kept Paul in and had Luka sit, and I'm pretty sure Luka was fine with it. But then the East had they had Joel Embiid, Giannis, Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, and another guard. Was it Russ? No, he was on Team LeBron. I thought, no. I don't think Russ was. Yeah. Uh, maybe not. Oh, my gosh. I want to say Russ was wearing red, so I think. He wasn't playing, though. Oh. Um, I don't remember. So, or no, that was Harden. No? I don't remember. Anyway. I don't know where she, she so, they, it was not necessarily the starters that were in at the end of the game. Um, for like one or two guys, it was a little different, but it was still insane. It was, they probably had the best players out there, except I think somebody else should have been out there for Team Giannis. Um, they were struggling to have people who were doing stuff. Oh, it was, uh, um,
Kemba Walker was on the court oh, with right. them too. And Kemba Walker was taking a lot of shots, and he wasn't making them, and they were struggling that way. Team Giannis coming down the stretch. So the game ended up being close. Team LeBron came back, and it was going back and forth for a while. Team Giannis had, I want to say, at least five straight possessions when they were within, like, six points of ending the game that Giannis didn't even touch the ball. I was so mad. I said, you have possibly the best player in the world, and he's the captain of the team. Yeah. And he's not getting the ball. Kemba's out here firing stuff. They had Siakam go one-on-one twice. I was like, what is happening? Um, So I was not happy about that. There was one huge play where LeBron drove by Giannis and put up a layup. And Giannis blocked it. Oh, that in was real so time. Awesome. It looked like a goaltend, but on replay they ruled it a block, and it was insane because LeBron was by Giannis. LeBron was gone and was at the basket, but Giannis's length, he was still able to reach up and pin the ball to the rim slash backboard. It was crazy, and it should have been ruled a block just for how awesome the play was, and it wasn't obviously a goaltend. So that was an insane play. And, and then LeBron did like. A play later to him, or he hit it away from him. Okay, I don't remember that. Um, so that was so it was going back and forth. Dudes were arguing over foul calls. It was crazy. Here's one of the other big things that I didn't like: is the game did end up coming down to fouls, and they were in the penalty, and they were shooting free throws, and ultimately the game ended on a free throw because Anthony Davis, for whatever reason, was being guarded by Kyle Lowry. And so he just went into the paint, and on the way, he, like, pushed Lowry, and Lowry went off balance, so then Lowry grabbed Davis and pulled him to the ground. So they ruled it a foul on Lowry, and Team LeBron was at 156. Anthony Davis missed the first free throw on purpose because he wanted the pressure of having to make the second one, and then he made the second one. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's funny. He told them, He told them like, after the fact, like, I'm going to miss the first one on purpose just to put more pressure on me making the second one. Huh. So, I kind of like that. So he made the free throw and they won. So it's super anticlimactic that an awesome game like that came down to that. And what had actually happened on that play is, like, everyone cleared out. LeBron had the ball at the top of the keys being guarded by Giannis. Everyone cleared out, and then Davis comes flying through. LeBron passes it to him. That happens. That is a super lame way. Like, if this is an actual NBA playoff game, then, yeah, you do what it takes to win based on that. But, like, this is an exhibition that, yes, it's for a lot of money, so they're still being competitive. It's got to end in a much more entertaining way than Kyle Lowry being a foot (laughs) shorter, fouling Anthony Davis and him making a free throw. As it was happening, I was like, with LeBron at the top of the key with Giannis, I said, this is what should have happened. Every coach and player should have agreed that they were all going to step to the side and it was just going to be LeBron versus Giannis one-on-one until one of them scored. Imagine. (laughs) That would have been insanely awesome. That if everyone just went to the side and it was just LeBron versus Giannis and if he scores, game over. If he doesn't, Giannis going back the other way and you just go one-on-one until somebody scores. That would have been so Awesome. If they would have, if if somebody would have had the idea in that moment and just went, stop, wait, let's do this instead, I would have lost my mind because it would have been amazing. And I feel like something like that should have happened. By the way, Giannis didn't have a point or an assist in the fourth quarter. He, like, yeah, he needs the ball. You gotta give him the ball. So, <laughs> yeah, there were. 
it was an incredibly entertaining fourth quarter that ended in a stupid way. But I think the NBA is onto something with this format for the I All-Star really, game. I really thought it was better than it has been for a long yeah, time. It was. I wanted to. I generally don't want to watch the All Star game because it's boring. Like them doing all these crazy dunks and stuff is entertaining, but it's like uh, they don't care. Why should I care? Um, but they actually cared and actually put in a ton of effort at the end of the game, and it was so much fun to watch. Like I was freaking out. Cody was freaking out. Kyle stopped playing a game to come over and watch the end of the game because it was crazy. Like. It was so much fun. I was texting multiple people while it was happening. We were going nuts. It was the best basketball watching experience that I've had in a while in terms of, I don't know. It was crazy. Best players in the world going up against each other, actually playing hard. It was a lot of fun. So was, hopefully um, they keep something like that going. Kawhi was the winner of the first ever Kobe Bryant MVP award. Yeah, they announced going into the weekend that the All-Star Game MVP award would be renamed the Kobe Bryant MVP award, so that was pretty cool. Some people thought Chris Paul could have won it, but that Kawhi was like leading. Yeah, I think Kawhi definitely the whole time had the best game out of anyone. Um, also, we don't have games until like Thursday, right? Yeah, for whatever I feel like reason, that's so NBA, long. It is. It's kind of dumb. Like maybe today, like give them like a day or two, but not yeah. like a full I week mean, almost. That's how hockey and baseball like they're playing two days later, mm-hmm. but. Adam Silver really likes his players and lets them do stuff. So, yeah. Um, can I make a, sorry? Can I make a quick uh, NFL gonna, oh, breaking I was news? Finish this thought real quick. Oh, I th- my bad. Um, so, so the game was really fun and awesome. The intros were crazy. I mean, so obviously there's still a lot going on with Kobe because um, he's going to be coming up obviously all season. Both teams. Team LeBron wore, everybody wore number two. Team Giannis, everybody wore number 24. 24 for Kobe, two for um, Gianna. But the intro started with Magic Johnson standing up there with all of the starters from the two teams. Maybe just the whole rosters of both two teams. And doing like an intro to just acknowledge. um, First, David Stern, because David Stern passed away and he was the commissioner of the league. Um, prior to Adam Silver, and he wasn't solely responsible, but he was incredibly responsible for the the NBA becoming a global thing, for basketball becoming a global sport. Um, When you are helping run the game and that happens under your watch, that's pretty cool. So David Stern, really big deal, and so his his passing, I mean, he was older-ish, but his passing was still something good for them to them to, it was good for them to recognize it and acknowledge it. Um, and then obviously talking about Kobe, and they did. Um, Jennifer Hudson came out and sang while a Kobe montage was going on, and it was crazy and emotional. Jennifer Hudson can belt. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was a little long, but I thought it was still pretty good. Yeah, it was it was insane. So that was a really cool start. And then Common came out, and Common did this entire intro. He introed every player. He made some rhyme that went with every player. It was pretty good. Because the game was in Chicago, and Common is a major Chicago rapper. And so the intros were great, and he did a little segment about Kobe, and he did a little segment about Dwayne Wade, and Dwayne Wade was there in person watching and started crying crying while Common (laughs) was doing it. It was intense. Um, Chance the Rapper did the halftime show, and that was really cool. Um, 
So it was him. They did, yeah, they did a phenomenal job, I think, overall, the All-Star game this year. Um, the game itself, I, the whole weekend, was whatever. But I was very entertained start to finish by the game. So I think it was great, and I had a great time. And, yeah. So breaking news from the NFL desk via Jake. Um, Greg Olson signs with the Seahawks on a one-year $7 million deal. Ew. I kind of like the move. I mean, they haven't had dominant tight end since Jimmy Graham left them. You make that sound like it was 25 years ago. Okay, well, Jimmy Graham fell off the last two years of them. <laughs> Great. So the Greg Seattle Olson, too. Just gets better. That's fine. Yeah. I like it. Fun move. Bogus. Good for Greg Olson. Um, and then someone was like, why was he able to sign yet? Free agency hasn't started, but he got released, so it's a little different. Yeah. Josh Norman is also a free agent now. <laughs> Which I think is a great sign for someone. Man, that is a drop off though, because he was like one of the top two corners in the league, and then. You know why? Guess who's their head coach now? Ron Rivera. He's just like, nope, I don't want him. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was really funny that <laughs> the uh, second, like the first thing they do is release him right after they got Ron Rivera. <laughs> so then our last topic is going to be the Daytona 500, which most of you are probably like, we don't care about racing. I would encourage you to – it's like golf, and so that's probably not going to help my argument. But <laughs> No. I've had this conversation with a lot of people who are like, I cannot watch golf. I cannot watch NASCAR. Here's the thing you need to know about watching those two things. Yes, it's very repetitive. It feels like you're watching the same thing happen over and over and that there isn't a lot going on. With golf, that's not quite the case because you have – Dozens of players, so they're all, obviously, there's different people going out there, and their shots are slightly different. There's 18 different holes, so the way player A plays hole number one is going to be different than play, how player B plays hole number one is going to be different how player Z plays hole number one. So, like, there's an individual, there are all these dozens of individual storylines playing out that to, like, keep track of each one, if you are, like, if you are actually giving it your attention and doing what you can to take in what you can, there is a lot that is happening if you are intentional and trying to get as much out of it as possible. If all you do is you just look at the screen and expect something exciting to happen and it doesn't, and so your expectations are met, well then, yeah, that's what's going to happen. But if you actually pay attention to who Ricky Fowler is, to who Tiger Woods is, to who... All these other players are Justin Thomas and Phil Mickelson and there's Jason Day and a million other dudes. If you pay attention and care about each individual and and take in what's going on and paint yourself a big picture, it actually becomes every shot almost becomes super exciting and important because tournaments are won or lost by one, two, three strokes. So every every stroke that a player has affects how high he finishes. Mm -hmm. And when you get to the top ten the amount of money they make yeah. gets separated by, at the top, hundreds of thousands of dollars and then tens of thousands of dollars. So a single putt can cost you a lot of money. So there's a lot going on all the time. That's why I can watch golf. And super random, Tiger finished dead last in the tournament last weekend, even though he was four under. Wait, through really? The, yeah, he was four under through the first nine holes on Thursday. Yikes. And finished 11 over for the tournament and came in super last. So rough weekend for Tiger. Anyway, 
So with NASCAR, it's a very similar situation, but slightly different in that the track doesn't change. So it's these 40 guys driving around in a circle. It's the same circle over and over again. And there's 200 laps in this particular situation. The Daytona 500 is named that because it is in Daytona Beach, Florida. They do, it is 500 miles because each lap around the track is two and a half miles. So there's 200, 200 laps, two and a half miles, 500 total miles. In case you didn't know why things are named that. So, and the Daytona 500 is, it's kind of weird for NASCAR because it's kind of NASCAR's Super Bowl, except it's the first race of the season. So that kind of throws people off a little bit. Um, it is the most famous NASCAR race, and so it's really important. Whoever wins that feels like they're riding strong going into the season. And But the thing about that is there are 40 unique drivers going around. Each of their cars is numbered differently, is sponsored differently. Each driver has their own unique personality, and it's really fun. And the great thing about NASCAR is there is a ton of access. They're literally interviewing before the race starts, the guys are standing outside their car. The reporter guy person will come up. They'll talk to them, and then they'll get in their car and go race. Like, it happens right there. Sometimes what happens during the race, so the main, if you will, play-by-play guy is this guy, Mike Joy. And then Jeff Gordon, who is one of the most famous racers of all time, he's now the what you would call the color analyst, I guess, in this situation. They, in the middle of the race... They will, if there's like a caution, they'll radio in and talk to the drivers in person while they're driving around in caution. It's like they're in the middle of what they're doing and they have conversations. Break all with concentration. Them. And sometimes they'll, they have like five cameras on every car. There's a car on the front, the back, and on the sides so you can see everything that's going on around the cars at all times. You can see inside the car so you can see what the driver's doing. And. How fast do they go? 200 miles an hour. It's insane. And so there's this crazy amount of access. Sometimes the announcers, they'll just stop talking and you can listen to the conversations. Like they'll intentionally, you know, um, patch in the conversation between the driver and the pit crew and stuff. So you can hear the conversation they're having and what's going on. If you are actually, I don't think a lot of people know this. If you are actually on site at the race, they... You can rent like this little handheld device and you can, you have access, I think, to the video, but for sure to the audio of every single team at all times. Wow. You can patch in and listen to any of the teams at any point during the race. Wow. That's insane. That's so cool. I've never been to a NASCAR race, but I want to go so bad just to do that. Like, I would kill to be in like the basketball huddles and hear the coach and the players talk. I would kill to be in the NFL huddles and hear the players and do that. So to be able to have access to the actual driver talking, that is insanely awesome to me. Can't you also like rent like the middle? Like can't you be in the middle of it? Uh you that costs a lot of money to go be in like the the, in the apron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't that's know what a it's lot. Called, but... Um the infield. They call it the infield. So so the so Daytona's going, and it's supposed to be on Sunday. Well, they run the first 20 laps, and then there's rain, and so they postpone the rest of it. So that's a bummer because they do this. It's the biggest production of the year for NASCAR, and it got rained out, so they had to push it to the next day. 
which at least luckily is still a holiday that a lot of people recognize. So there were still a lot of people at the track watching. So I recorded it yesterday and watched it this morning. So entertaining. This There was a crash that happened kind of late that took out a few cars. And then there was a crash literally on the last lap that took out a bunch of other cars. And the winner, Denny Hamlin, won by, it was the second closest margin of victory ever in the Daytona 500. And the closest margin of victory was also Denny Hamlin. So he's won, he's won back-to-back years now, and he's won three of the last five years. This dude's a beast. He was leading for a lot of the laps. Um, Brad Keselowski, the number two car, led for 40 laps, but he didn't even finish the race because he was involved in one of the crashes. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was leading a bunch of the laps, and he didn't finish the race because he was involved in one of the crashes. Joey Logano is my favorite guy to watch because that dude is aggressive and bump drafts everybody all the time, and he accidentally caused the first big crash because he bumped the guy who was in second, and he bumped the guy, or he bumped the guy who was in fifth, who then bumped the guy who was in second, which was Keselowski, and he went into the wall, and then a bunch of cars went out. So at the end of the day, there were 40, 40 cars that started the race, and only 19 finished the race. That's so crazy. So that, I mean, that's a bummer for all those guys. Like Jimmy Johnson announced that he's retiring, so this is his last season of racing, and he went out from the first crash. Um, you mentioned Kyle Busch earlier. He's in the number 18 M&M's car. He was having a great race. I didn't even know he was still racing. Yeah, he was having a great race and was leading coming out of the caution after the first crash. And then his car just died. Like something happened and there was smoke and then he was done. So his engine got jacked up. So he was out. Kurt Busch drives the number one car and it's Monster. And it looks dope. That car looks so tight. It's black and has the green M and it looks awesome. Um, Kevin Harvick is still racing. I thought you were say Kevin Hart. <laughs> Ryan Newman. It, Ryan Newman won the Daytona 500 in like 2004, or 2006 or something. He's still racing. He was the one who was involved in. He got the worst of it in the last crash. His car ended up flipping and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Landed, caught fire. It was nuts. He was um, able to uh, speak today, though. Yeah. He so he had to get rushed to the hospital. He was. Uh, I don't want to say in critical. He was, they he said was not serious. doing good. He was in serious condition, but it wasn't life-threatening. I don't know how those two things equate. But um, so, I mean, you had the excitement of crashes. But there were multiple times. At one point, they were three wide, five deep. So there was a pack of 15 cars Jeez. just in a chunk going at the same time. That's it not okay. Pretty- <laughs> I was I was literally on the edge of my bed watching the last 30 minutes of this race this morning going, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. So I would highly encourage, they're in Vegas this weekend, Ooh. I would encourage you to take some time and like actually commit yourself to watching because A, what you can for sure be doing to entertain yourself or to keep yourself busy is trying to remember which which driver goes to which car and which number because that alone is very difficult. I don't remember most of them. I know I said a lot of them, but I don't remember. I still, even though I spent all morning watching it, I don't remember a lot of them. But it's really, really entertaining. And so I had a lot of fun watching the Daytona 500, and I think other people would too. I don't know that I can keep it up. In the past, I've watched the Daytona 500 in the past and been like, I'm all in on this NASCAR this year. And then I'll watch the next race, and then I'll forget the next one. And then there goes my season. And I just stop paying attention. But this year, I actually want to pay attention because... 
Danny Hamlin's a beast and Joey Logano's a beast and I want to see this happen and it's Jimmy Johnson's last year and I I was a Jimmy Johnson fan for like 10 years. Is Jimmy Johnson are the restaurants named after him? Jimmy Johnson, never mind. <sighs> so, <laughs> tune in, watch Jimmy Johnson, he's number 48. I don't remember which company he's sporting cuz he used to be in the Lowe's car and now I don't Jimmy remember. John. Um but yeah. It was we had a full weekend, and it was great. And I was very happy. My experience with NASCAR is the movie Cars, <laughs> which I have not seen, and because of that comment, we'll never see. It, that's terrible. So, I don't even know—is anything coming up this weekend? Um, more XFL, exciting. Yeah. Um, other than that. Well, if so. it does, we'll talk oh, about wait, it. Oh, isn't week. the combine this weekend? Uh, you asked or is it earlier. Next? I have no idea. I think it's the 24th. I literally don't care about it. I until do. It happens. I'll talk about that then. Okay. Well, we're going to get out of here with some time to spare because we have things to do. But we think we covered a good amount. Yeah. Feel free to agree or disagree with us on any of the platforms. Write at us, comment, share. All that Fight. jazz. Come on the show and argue sports with us. We haven't had, we had one person come in. Did we have one person with us for sports on one? I don't even remember. I don't remember. But I'll probably so, cry if you're trying to yell at me. Okay. <laughs> Have a good so. night, everyone. Happy sports watching. See ya. Happy sports.